What is up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles. Today, we've got a very special episode for you. I'm going to be sitting down with Jeff Kurdakis, and we're going to be talking about DeFi. It's a very hot topic right now. A lot of people on Twitter are calling it DeFi season. Coins are going wild. There's been a lot of new developments, a lot of new projects coming out of the woodwork. So I wanted to have someone on who's kind of at the forefront of this. Uh, and the reason I'm having Jeff on is he is actually the CEO and founder of TrustSwap. It's a DeFi coin. Uh, we're going to be talking about it. Um, you know, we're going to get into a lot, actually. Uh, not only DeFi, not only this project. He is actually also the CEO and founder of Uptrend and host of the Bitcoin and Crypto podcast. So we're going to be going over a lot today. Uh, talking about his roles at each of these, why he created them, what they do. Uh, but the main focus, again, is going to be on decentralized finance, where it's headed, how it's going to disrupt the traditional financial systems, and how you can get involved. But before we get into all of that, do just want to give a couple quick shout outs to the sponsors. The first is Crypto.com. These guys have been phenomenal. Uh, and this week, it's all about Algo haven't heard of algo uh you must not be on twitter because it has been talked about a lot lately uh and this week like i said all about algo the first thing is that they just had their 50 percent off sale through the syndicate which is their fundraising platform uh, so if you got in on that huge congratulations if not be on the lookout they happen pretty regularly uh, and you can get up to 50 percent off the purchase price of whatever the token or coin is at the time they do the sale on top of that you can deposit your algo and through their crypto earn program uh, you can earn 6.5 percent annually at 6.5 percent annual interest on your algo uh, so if it's just sitting around collecting dust head on over you can start making some extra money on top of it just for holding it uh, and then some other stuff for these guys who are participating in crypto earn uh, they've got a deposit competition currently going on. So if you deposit to Crypto Earn, you deposit your algo, there is some prizes that are being given away. On top of that, they're also doing two times the interest. Uh, up to $10,000 are up for grabs. Uh, so when you deposit, you can get two times the annual interest, 13%, uh, and then it'll drop back down to the standard 6.5% after these competitions are done running so again if you're an algo holder there's a link in the description below you can head over to their website read about all these different cool things that they've got going on right now and then the second sponsor is coinflip atm i've talked about these guys for a while truly honored to have them as a sponsor they're one of the largest crypto atm companies in the industry they're actually first largest by volume and third largest by number of machines. And because of that, they're able to drive down their fees to some of the lowest in the market. So if you're interested in making a purchase from an ATM machine, you can buy Bitcoin and a couple other currencies. Uh, there's a link in the description below. It'll take you to their website and you can see where all of their different machines are located. On top of that, they've also got their OTC desk that has been up and running for about two months now. Uh, 
another great thing about these guys being so large is that with their OTC desk, they also have some of the lowest fees in the market. And also they've got one of the lowest minimums in the market. It's a $5,000 minimum. So if you don't want to go through an exchange or a traditional exchange, you want to buy some Bitcoin over the counter. There's a link in the description below to that as well. Head on over, test it out, buy some crypto over the counter. Last thing I want to announce is this is another video interview. I know you're just seeing this guy with his balloon. It says crypto entrepreneurs. But after this, the video is actually going to start. Uh, so if you're listening to this on one of the podcasting platforms, suggest heading over to YouTube. There's going to be a link in the description below. So you can put a face to Jeff uh, and you can watch along as we talk. Now let's get into this episode and talk about DeFi. Uh, so we're sitting down here with Jeff Kurdakis. Hopefully that was correct. Uh, you've got a lot Nailed of it. stuff going on. You've got a podcast. You're CEO of TrustSwap. Uh, what's your title at Uptrend? As CEO founder as well there. CEO yeah. and founder as well. So you have, I don't know how you manage it. I've got this one podcast and I'm losing my freaking mind. Um, <laughs> but, you know, can you, you got, just... You got your Amazon stuff too. You're, you're crushing it as well. True, yeah. I do have some other stuff that is now kind of taking up more of my time, but between the, just the two, I'm losing my mind. So I don't know how you've got a third thing on top of that. Um, so before we really get into kind of the bulk of this episode, I did want to talk about DeFi or decentralized finance. Uh, before we do that, can you just give us your background, kind of talk about each one of these pro uh, projects very briefly, uh, and then we can kind of circle back on them later in the episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my background coming into crypto, I was just, it was when Ethereum kind of first hit the scene, I was absolutely enthralled by the idea of bringing power back to the people, decentralizing power away from corporations. This entire decentralized ecosystem just had me so interested about the potential of what our world could become through this like totally global shift. So I had started a small group called uh, just Ethereum Investing on Facebook. And then that group grew to, it was just for me and my 12 friends, it grew to 100 people, 1,000 people, 30,000 people. I'm like, Jesus, I Holy opened shit. another group up called Cryptocurrency Investing. That one's grown to 150,000 people. And um, just kind of like, you know, rolling with those groups, I, I just really noticed how, especially in crypto, everyone's getting censored so heavily. And um, just the algorithm on Facebook and all of their user policies and data mining were just sick. So that's what kind of birthed Uptrend because Steam, it was also kind of an oligarchy thing where it's only the people who in power have weight. So Uptrend is just like super simply and brief, um, a social media platform that puts people first, blockchain based, monetized content, and really simple. And um, then for TrustSwap again, super quick, I was actually doing a little bit of fundraising for Uptrend uh, through some VCs. And they're like, hey, listen, we want to shoot you over, you know, some dollars, let's say it's $100,000 for some tokens. And I was like, yeah, it sounds like a good deal, but I don't want to send you all the tokens all at once because obviously you're going to dump the price. That's not what we want. Because obviously they're buying batch transactions, so they get it at a slight discount. And I'm like, is there any way we can lock these things up? Are there any smart contracts out there? They're like, no, there's nothing out there that really exists, um, but we can use a lawyer. I'm like, okay, yeah, how much does a lawyer take? They're like, 5 to 10%. And I was thinking, I'm like, you're telling me I'm going to be paying like five to $10,000 for something that I'm pretty, like, this is like the most basic smart contract ever. Like, how is there no time released smart contract where I could be like, hey, let's send out like 10% every month. Um, so from that, the idea of TrustSwap was born, just like an ecosystem for smart contracts that allow you to batch out payments. 
And uh, from there, it's expanded quite a bit into different ideas and stuff. But that's kind of the summary of what I'm up to between those two projects. There we go. Yeah, we can definitely get into uh, Trust Swap a little bit more later in the episode. You've also got the, is it, do you call it the BTC podcast or the Bitcoin podcast? Sorry. I'm... Yeah, Bitcoin and crypto podcast. Sure. There we go. Perfect. So when did that start? How, why'd you start that? You've got so much other stuff going on. How do you manage? Yeah, man. Well, I, I don't know. I enjoy having chats, you know, as I'm sure you enjoy as well. You get to meet such cool people, have great conversations. It's a great, great way to network. So I don't really find the podcast to be too much uh, work. I just really enjoy the process and chatting with people. So um, that probably started up right around maybe six months after I started those Facebook groups and they started to grow because then people wanted to reach an audience. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, come on. I'd love to have a chat with you and, you know, present that interview to the group and the group would ask questions. Just a really fun back and forth kind of style. So, um, yeah. And then since then, I've just enjoyed doing maybe like a podcast a week or every two weeks or something. Just, uh, yes, that one's been a hobby project for sure. There we go. Yeah. See, it's a lot more fun when it's more of a hobby. Uh, I got my two sponsors that got mentioned at the beginning of the episode in the intro. Uh, and so now I'm on a tight schedule. I'm like, fuck, I got to put out two a week. I got to meet these yeah, contracts. Right. Uh, and it's become more work than it was kind of just having casual conversations, learning from the guests who I've had on and uh, teaching my audience kind of something new about entrepreneurship. Still love it. It's still great to sit down with people. I think the admin work is really what kills me. The finding people to bring on. Like today it was, I put out a tweet. This is like one of the first times I've done that. And within 20 minutes or so, this interview was scheduled. Uh, So this one was easy, but normally it's a week of back and forth. Like, hey, does this time work for you? Okay, let's reschedule, yada, yada, yada. And then the backside of things is the editing, getting it uploaded, doing the, yeah. uh, you know, the search engine optimization, that kind of stuff. And it, it's just more of a pain. The actual just sitting down, having these hour long conversations, I still love it. And I'm trying to get as hands off as possible, just have these conversations. Uh, yeah. Have you it, used Calendly before? I have. I like tried to get it set up and it was a little bit of a pain in my opinion uh, just because okay. my schedule is changing so much. So I'm having to constantly update it. Um, but I remember when I had Andreas on, he was like, yeah, you know, head over to Calendly, Calendly uh, and we can get something on the books. And that's when I kind of looked into it myself. But schedules changing constantly so it's, it's that's pain. that's the thing yeah as soon as you're using calendly then you become a slave to having to update your google calendar <laughs> exactly. like for everything you're like okay like going to mom's for supper or something like you got to put it in there otherwise someone's booking in on your calendar exactly <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's super tight natal and scheduled i just like hey let's let's run it this day if you can and they're like yeah sure and then you know stuff happens it gets pushed back and then i'm like fuck i really need a calendar um for sure but anyways back to what a fantastic job you've been doing lately uh, with all this stuff, keeping very busy, clearly. Um, I remember, I don't know when it was with Uptrend. I hopped on there. I posted in one of the discussion forums and I think I got kicked because I was posted in the wrong oh. place or something like that. Maybe not kicked, but I, I think I got some sort of stern warning you might have got auto yeah you might have got auto modded when you put in the wrong community there's like a five point penalty and then they throw it in the right one for you there we go yeah yeah, yeah. so you're one of those guys hey follow uh, the rules yeah. next time <laughs> I, I was abusing it for sure i think i put po- I, well i tried to post something about my podcast i was like hey just got okay. on here i have a podcast that's why i'm getting on here 
Um, right. Would love to connect with people, maybe try to find some people to do interviews. And I think I just posted it in like the Bitcoin forum or something. And it just auto, you know, you're in the wrong one. We're taking points from you. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know about this. Like, this isn't free enough for me. Shit. Um, I see. But uh, all right. Yeah. So I, maybe I'm just using it incorrectly. Um, but, you know, that one there's a lot of them out there. So is there anything that really kind of differentiates you guys from something like, oh, what is it? Is note one of those kind of decentralized platforms and the steam, the ones that you, yeah, you got steam it hive voice publish OX and minds. I would say those are the five big ones next to ours right now. Um, and they all have their different flavors, you know, like voice, they they've spent two hundred million dollars, thirty million dollars on their domain, hundred million dollars on development, <laughs> and it's just it's like it's it's a mess of a platform right now. How does that even um, happen? But I, dude, it blows my mind. Like I have utmost respect for Brendan Blummer and uh, the guys over at Voice, even Dan Larimer, like genius dude. But um, like their comment system is literally a Ponzi scheme. Like their entire tokenomic is a Ponzi. Like you have to outvoice each other. Then the last person who like uh voices their comment or like rises it to the top visibility um loses so I'm like that was that was your setup and someone called them out on it and they're like hey man um your comment system is kind of a ponzi scheme and they're like yeah yeah we know we're still working on it like you know we're, we're in development I'm like how do you how do you make a claim that you're still in development when you throw 200 million dollars at a project like that so that that's one of the ones that i just always shake my head at but like other other platforms man mines Hive, Publish OX, like they're all really cool places. And I think each one of them just has their own little um, flavor or variety on on ways platforms interact. You know, you could compare like, hey, you know, what's better, Reddit or Twitter? And you're like, well, it's tough to say because they're just a little bit different. So I think yeah. all these different platforms just offer their own style of flavor. And I think the flavor that I like with Uptrend is that you don't have to do KYC like you do with Voice. You don't have to sign up like with a blockchain account like you do with Hive or Steemit. And there's a reputation system. So the higher you go, the more you earn and the ho the higher your level, the more you can give as well. So like it, it really incentivizes you to like continue to engage with the ecosystem. And the idea is that, you know, creatives or anyone who has a passion, whether it's a podcast or drawing or arts or blogging, you know, you can actually make an income off this thing the longer you go at it for. So that's, that's why I like it. It's kind of, I've always wanted to be able to live my life off just doing the things I love. And that was a big reason for Uptrend as well to provide a platform for people to be able to do that. There we go. Yeah. I remember I signed up for a couple different ones I was trying to get on hive and it, I don't want to say it was extremely complex, but it was more of a headache than I'd say it needed to be. Um, there's like, 15... and, and, if, and if you're saying it's complex, then it is insanely complex for the normies. Yeah. So no, I, I would say less complex, more of just like a process, you know, with Twitter, right. I can put in an email and I can create an account in two minutes. I remember signing up on your guys's platform and it was relatively easy. There wasn't too much going on. I think I got it set up same day, um, with very little headache or stress or hoops to jump through. Um, and I think that's one big thing that a lot of the people in this industry and entrepreneurs have come on and talked about is just like the ease of use and the use cases mm -hmm. for these projects. Uh, it's very, very complex. Um, and, you know, the bulk of this episode was on or I want it to be on DeFi, decentralized finance. It's a very hot topic right now. 
and I feel like a lot of people on Twitter are talking about it, but don't really know what it is. And so I was wondering if we could try to make this easy and break it down into simplest terms, explain what it is, who it's for, why it's really revolutionary, that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And I, I think, you know, to, to go back, UI is the, the crux of it all because you can have amazing features in decentralized finance, but if you don't have strong UI user interface, um, ease of use for, you know, the mom and the pop, it's never going to work. Um, I would say decentralized finance is just like an extra branch on the tree of cryptocurrency and ways that you can interact with it. So like with banking systems, you can pull out loans, you can lend, you can, you have all these different abilities to maneuver your finances. That isn't just like buying and selling. And so that's, what's really interesting to me in decentralized finance is building out the architecture for the ecosystem of a new financial model. Because right now with Bitcoin, it feels very two dimensional in the way that, okay, you buy it, you store it, and that's it. Um, with decentralized finance, now you're introducing things like staking so that it's kind of like, you know, a savings account, or you can like have certificates of deposit where you're locking things up for a certain amount of time. And the system has a set rate of inflation. And so that's getting rewarded to you. Um, so I just really see decentralized finance as an expansion on the main, yeah, the main branch of cryptocurrency that kind of competes with our traditional global financial systems. Yeah, we're really mimicking it in a way, you know, it started with just money, you know, Bitcoin, you can buy it, you can spend it. That's kind of been, you know, warped over the years. People are starting to see it as more of a buy and hold store of value type of deal, uh, but don't want to get into that too much. Uh, but now we've gotten to a point where we're starting to mimic these, like you're saying, certificates of deposits, uh, savings accounts. You can lend your crypto, uh, earn an interest rate on it. Really, if you think about traditional banking, it's a lot of this stuff, uh, but in a decentralized way. Uh, do you think you could maybe for my audience go over some of the kind of big names right now that are leading the pact in the DeFi movement? Uh, just so people have an idea of like what we're talking about here. Yeah, for sure. So obviously the big ones, well, maybe not so obviously, but MakerDAO, Chainlink, those are the big most talked about projects out there right now. Um, so Chainlink allows people to use oracles to verify data. So that's kind of a wordy thing. But the thing is, is how can you, how can you make, how can you link your money to events? So for example, let's say you're at a horse race and this horse wins the race well then a person needs to verify that and then you get paid out so the way that it works with cryptocurrency is everything is on the blockchain so how do you get that data that that horse won the race onto the chain to pay you out there's a lot of other oracle uses um but so that's that's what they do is they, they verify the data did this happen yes or no they kind of upload that to the chain and then that allows the payment to either go through or not in that betting style scenario. So Chainlink, that's like a very oversimplified explanation, but um, oracles expand out to absolutely any possibility um, in the world. So it's, it's like incredibly exciting times. 100%. Uh, we got, there's actually a whole long list of coins, exchanges, uh, projects in general tied to this kind of DeFi movement. I'm gonna have a link right. in the description uh, I found one that just has pretty much everyone broken out into different sections. We got, like I was saying, exchanges, we got tokens, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so you guys mm -hmm. can go investigate that a little bit more. Um, 
I, one thing I really wanted to ask about was there's really been this explosion lately. It's probably been the last six months or so. It's been uh, DeFi season, not alt season. Uh, do you have any explanation as to why all of a sudden things are blowing up? I feel like these, a lot of these things have been around for a while. Uh, this idea of decentralized finance has been around you know, for years. So why all of a sudden is it starting to blow up? I think now the applications are starting to become a lot more robust in the DeFi space. They're actually starting to build out. Uh, like MakerDAO has just really become very predominant um, in, in its positioning. And there's just lots of like phenomenal staking platforms out there that are allowing people to earn these passive revenue streams. Um, you have platforms like Uniswap coming out that are kind of like integrated with de the decentralized world and the way that we can interact with decentralized finance. Um, so I just feel like everything's been being built out quite a bit. Um, in the same breath, though, I do want to acknowledge that a lot of crypto does run on hype. So I think we got to acknowledge <laughs> that a ton of that definitely plays into it. That, you know, it's just like, okay, DeFi is hot. So, you know, all DeFi, all DeFi boats rise with the tide. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. it's a combination of both because we're certainly not at mainstream land in DeFi yet, but um, we're, we're getting there step by step. Yeah, I think what really put it on everyone's radar, at least from a Twitter perspective, was, you know, these interest rates that people were earning and this. I saw the term, uh, what was it like interest rate churning or whatever people were calling it. Um and people are making insane annual rates is, you know, over a hundred percent on certain coins uh, that you were locking up. And um, I think that's when people were like, holy shit, there's a lot of money to be made here. Um, but that stuff's not sustainable. Correct. Like, you know, how do we, how do we kind of move away from this initial hype into something that's more long-term and more sustainable? Well, no, that's exactly it. Because I think it was Compound. I haven't had my finger on the pulse of it oh. too much, but they were they were giving out insane yields for people, and it was called like yield farming. And for yes, about two weeks, farming. it was the hottest. <laughs> it, it was the hottest thing in crypto, and people were earning ridiculous returns. And they were like leveraging. They would like deposit money, and then they would essentially like leverage against their own money and farm it. And it was like this like insane vicious cycle where people were earning tons of comp Compound tokens, but. Um, it's like, okay, so they're earning a lot of compound, but where's the buying pressure coming from? So it was just like, there was only value in the comp token because everyone agreed that there's value in the comp token. So like you mentioned, I don't think that's sustainable. I think you need like real utility for a lot of these tokens or at least a little more depth. Um, some people who are in the on the comp train, I'm sure there's a lot listening who would shit on me. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh I think, I think for sustainability, you just need to have more realistic models and actual use cases. I think a lot of these things are based exclusively on stake your coin, earn some interest. And I think that's what's driven the hype predominantly is just people making lucrative gains. As much as we like to think that the cryptocurrency space is uh, you know, 100% altruistic and looking for ideals and morals and a better utopian society no for tomorrow. Chance. I definitely, yeah. <laughs> I can't agree yeah, with exactly. that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone can agree with that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I think like, for example, like, I think a lot of people really enjoy that idea. Yes. And I think like yes. when I first got into crypto, I was like, that's why I'm coming in. But now I've started to see, I'm like, but that's not why everyone else is in. And there's yeah. a lot of people who are playing this quick flip money game. It's the penny stocks that are in an unregulated market. And I mean, that's just the reality of things. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, projects are going to rise, they're going to pump, they're going to dump. 
And uh, yeah, just like the, I think it's very similar to the thing in 2017 right now. Hey? I was going to say, is this another ICO bubble in the making? Do you think we're kind of topping out on that? Or do you think that this has legs to run? I don't really want to get into price kind of predictions too much here, but you're kind of at the front lines of this and you probably have ammo that you're dropping in announcements. Uh, you're making updates to the project. So you kind of have a firsthand look at, you know, is DeFi ready to pop or are we continuing to climb? I'll tell you what, these things called initial liquidity offerings have just been exploding lately. Um, the ICO obviously is when people would invest, then you'd have to wait 30 days, 60 days before you got your money out. Um, with an ILO, an initial liquidity offering that's happening on Uniswap, you launch an ERC-20 token, and then you immediately put it on Uniswap, whatever, with $2,000, $5,000 of ETH pair liquidity. And then instantly people can buy your token and it's liquid for them. So they can flip it for 2X right away. They can hold it for 10X, sell it right away. And these ILOs are just going crazy. Like, especially on 4chan, this is like, that is yeah. the ILO. Yeah. So you're on it too. Okay. Yeah, I'm on All Biz. Right. Yeah. I actually yeah, just the biz. saw TrustSwap getting shilled on Biz recently. Since you're mentioning it, are you on there shilling, shilling TrustSwap to, <laughs> to Biz? I don't. I, I I have just discovered Biz maybe like two months ago, and uh, I don't like. I interact in there somewhere, but I mean, let's just say that I have more important things to do yeah. than uh, shilling in Biz. <laughs> and um, some of those threads were getting crazy, though, man. Like I saw one of them was like four hundred like replies long. I'm like, that is insane. But um, yeah, Biz is picking up on all these ILOs, and you know, when you find a, a liquidity pool starting with only let's say. $5,000. So it makes it a $5,000 market cap coin. These guys just really don't care. So everyone's throwing money at the potential gains that are ahead of them. And people are making insane amounts of capital. Um, so really I think I, here, hold it, on, hold on. Sorry, yeah. I got to stop you here. Cause this just sounds like massive ICO mania here with a new name. Uh, the I it's the ILO um, and, and starting off at something like $5,000 market cap. This is like Ponzi scheme 101 right here. Get in early, get out quick. You will make a shitload of money. Somebody at the end of the day is going to be holding the bag. Uh, do you think this is beneficial at all? These, these ILOs? I think everyone has their own definition of beneficial, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier on a lot of people, I feel like crypto should be about this big progressive movement towards a decentralized utopia. But I would, you know, I think we'd both argue that that's not the reason why over 80% of people are in there. Right. Yeah. So I think it's beneficial in the fact that people are making boatloads of money. Um, obviously in a lot of these instances, they pump, they dump. So it does become a net zero game for a lot of people. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's always up to people's, it's, it, I see things as, risk reward and is it an asymmetric risk versus reward you know you look at something like bitcoin it's like okay well is this going to go to zero likely not so you know you could put it in but then the the reward is potentially limited to the upside in a short-term time frame um whereas with these ilos it's like okay it, it really feels like degenerate gambling with yeah. the ilos yeah. <laughs> but just because there's there's so there's so much like uh excitement and enthusiasm and money moving you don't know what you're know throwing way, your money at Exactly. But so I, I would argue potentially that this strange form of degenerate gambling uh, 
is actually in a way fueling just, you know, more money just like circulating in the crypto ecosystem that just isn't wash trading through these centralized exchanges. Now, is it making it into more legitimate projects? I would argue yes. You know, you have Chainlink. That's, you know, if you're on Biz, you know, that that's like it's the yeah, Biz it's the is biz the Chainlink army. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> you're in on that then, yeah? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I just posted something recently. I was accumulating heavy from March of 2018 to March of 2019. So I have been along for the Chainlink ride. Big shout out to right. every single person on Biz who memed me into buying it. Honestly, I had really? no. Yeah, at first, the, my very first purchase, I threw. I, I think I bought maybe a hundred and fifty Chainlink or something like that. Very first purchase, and I was just like, you know, somebody mentioned this coin. I've seen it so many times. I just have to buy it. And then at one point, it was buy a thousand for suicide insurance. This thing is going to a thousand dollars. And I'm like, there's no way in hell. I think it was like 30 cents or something like that. And I was like, all right, you buy a thousand, like, you know, I'll hold it, whatever. If it turns into something awesome, if not, whatever. Uh, but they had just consistently shilled it talking about, you know, I was here when ETH was under, you know, a couple dollars. I'm getting the same vibe from it, yada, yada, yada. I hadn't done much research and I was like, I'll just buy some. Uh, and then slowly yeah. kind of started doing more research. You know, you buy your coins most of the time you're doing research before the fact, this was kind of like a one-off. I'm going to buy it because I was told to, uh, then you start doing your research and really has, you know, blossomed into one of the most well-known kind of important, I would say coins, uh, in the top 150, 20, I don't even know where it's at yeah. right now. I think we broke top yeah. 20 or 10. Uh, man, dude, I think it's last I checked, I was shocked. I think it was at number eight. Yeah. Top 10. I think it broke top 10 recently. So that blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, there's other coins that have been going crazy too. Uh, kind of in this DeFi area, uh, I've owned Kyber network for a very long yeah. time. Uh, they went on a massive run. So, I mean, I think the solid projects are getting funded. They are being brought to light through this kind of degenerate gambling, like you were saying. Uh, but I, I'm, I guess a little bit more concerned for the aftermath of all of this because with the ICO craze, people are like, this whole industry is a scam. Everybody lost money except for the top 10% of people who made it out alive. So do you think, you know, net positive in the fact that some of these coins are getting, you know, the attention they need, the funding they need. But uh, for the space overall, do you think that this is going to have more of a negative impact long term? You know, I think it's it's an inevitability and we just have to face it because, you know, 2017 happened and it, the big boom and then the big crash and everyone's saying, OK, we've learned our lesson. We've learned our lesson. And then then comes along plus coin or plus token. I even forget what the name was. Yeah. Now you have these ILOs that are popping off and there's been a thousand and one scams well, since the then. IEOs before that. And then now the ILOs. I feel right. like I feel like it's the initial something offering and they just keep changing the name to avoid being penalized by the law. <laughs> that's right. So just yeah, you had the, the STO craze for a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. It, it seems like uh, it's a game of hot potato. You change the name and, everyone's all excited for it and people are losing a lot of money at the end of the day. So I'm just concerned that this potentially has some negative impacts. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's, like I say, it's an inevitability because people aren't going to learn their lesson yeah. or there's always going to be new people that are coming in that will have to learn the lesson again. Like, 
you know, you can read or learn through reading history books or learn through seeing things, but there's just going to always be a critical mass amount of people who need to learn by getting hit over the head with a hammer a couple times. So I see it as an inevitability and I see it in a way as a net positive to be able to just get more enthusiasm into this space and money moving and people comfortable with using you know, maybe obscure things like Uniswap, like Uniswap isn't necessarily that user friendly. Um, but because there's like so such asymmetric risk reward for a lot of these ILOs that are happening, you know, people are learning how to use it, yeah. you know, getting more involved in the decentralized exchange space, which I think is one of the coolest spaces in the world. Um, I'm so excited for us to start transitioning away from centralized exchanges because that's just a cesspool of lies um, with wash trading. And it's just it's a joke. So I, I think overall, it isn't at positive, even though people are going to get burned, scams are going to happen. It's, it's just an inevitability of humanity, I feel. There we go. Yeah, it's, it's bound to happen. I'm trying to be on the other end of that or other side of that coin, I would say on the flip side of it, make a ton of money uh, and then also have these kind of solid projects flourish and come to life. Um, so... Give me really two quick. seconds. I just need to close my blinds here, if you don't mind. I'm no, yeah, you're good. I saw you kind of shifting around. I was like, he's getting sun <laughs> yeah. right in the eyes right now. Almost wanted yeah, to say one something. Sec. Okay, two shakes. Perfect. All right, we're good. We're back. Perfect. So did want to talk to you about Trust Swap a little bit in a second. Still have a couple more questions. Also wanted to talk to you about you know the funding that you talked about with regards to TrustSwap Uptrend because uh, you had talked about someone offering or coming to you about some funding uh, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how it was born. Uh, but before we get into that, I do kind of just want to wrap up the DeFi conversation um, because you know a lot of people on Twitter are talking about how we are completely uprooting finance and this is going to be the new financial system and you know, fiat currencies are going to crumble, yada, yada, yada. Do you, as someone who is kind of on the front lines, believe that this is going to happen anytime soon? Uh, if so, what can people do to kind of help aid that push? Uh, if you don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, uh, still, what can people do to kind of slowly aid that push? Yeah, good question. Um, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I don't think fiat is going to crumble anytime soon. No, I think if, if it does, if if it, if it does crumble, it's not going to be because of cryptocurrency. It's going to be because of its own self-destructive tendency and architecture. Yeah, I mean, um, we, we've seen it with a couple currencies, but when I talk about fiat crumbling, I'm talking about the big ones like USD. You know, is that going away yeah. anytime soon? Probably not. That's the thing. You know the the value of the US dollar is just dictated by a strong military and that's about it. And just u- universal acceptance that this is what they use because of through their trade deals with Saudi to, you know, get US dollars to be the base currency for oil. They've just kind of like weaseled their way into there. So I, I can't see them going downhill and then everyone be like, Oh, US is crap. Like USD is crashing. So we may as well use Bitcoin. Like I just don't see that ever happening. You even yeah. have most of our stable coins in crypto are based off USD, which I find hilarious, by the way. Um, I, but I do believe decentralized finance does have the power and the ability to make drastic shift and change for the better in our global financial system. I think a lot of people in crypto, especially, are just extremely impatient. Yeah, and, uh, 100%. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wants they put money in and they want to see it happen now. 
uh, because mm-hmm. they're now invested. They think that the whole world's kind of going to fall in line and see what they're seeing, which definitely is not the case. Yeah. And things just take time too to build out in the correct way. You know, a lot of people shit on Cardano, for example. Um, I do it tongue in cheek as well. You know, they've been building for what, like four years now? And yeah. uh, and they're still not live. And that's just the reality of how long complex structures take to build. Yeah. So it, it's, I mean, it's same it's thing with time. ETH 2.0. You know, you, the memes, right. you've seen them. Oh, we'll, we'll get it when you know, Vitalik's 80 years old, blah, blah, blah. You know, I think everyone's <laughs> yeah. very imp- impatient because they are one invested two, they kind of see the beauty of this and see kind of how revolutionary, revolutionary it could be. And that's what they kind of want to get to very quickly. Um, so you mentioned that it can kind of uproot traditional finance and you do see that kind of happening and aiding it more than uprooting it. Uh, can you give us some, some examples? Uh, I assume that a lot of the DeFi movement Will kind of aid when i talked with um with andreas he was saying he called it the other six billion people so it's not you know everyone in first world countries who kind of has access to traditional systems but it's those other people do you kind of agree with that it, in part in part yes for sure like a lot of people are underbanked in the world um but a lot of people in the world you know you look at china and you can say like oh maybe they're underbanked but they all have these little smartphones they're using WePay, so it's not like they're they need cryptocurrency they already have their own pseudo cryptocurrency and then you look at a lot of countries in africa and it's like well they need crypto because their ex- economic system is crumbling it's like well they use phone credits and they exchange phone credits there so all, all these areas do have their own means of exchange. I think there are a lot of places in the world where lots of people are underbanked. Um, but I think we just can't look at that fact as just saying, okay, these people are underbanked, therefore they need crypto as their Lord and Savior because they're still doing just fine today. I do think that cryptocurrency can give aid to these people. But what we need is on-ramps and off-ramps for merchants because at the end of the day, a merchant is not going to be accepting Bitcoin very likely. They want a coin that's stable and transferable within their own banking system. So that's what I'm really looking forward to seeing is like cards like, um, say like the crypto.com card, Crypterium does it, MobiPay does it. But it's how can we get people to pay using crypto So, you know, you've paid using Bitcoin, so you're happy. You're not interacting with the banking system because fuck that, you don't like it. But then on the other side, the merchant is like, but this is the currency that I want to receive. So that's where I need, where I think we need to start making the bridge is where both sides of the equation are happy. The traditional side of the system and the more, uh, I guess you could say alternative, the crypto side, um, where they can both have their preferences and make that bridge. And I think that's where the gap is right now. Yeah. And I think we're slowly getting there. I mean, even with, you know, without some of these developments that have been made recently, a lot of new projects are popping up. Uh, There were kind of these third parties, which is obviously kind of against the whole mantra of cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. And, oh, no, it's trustless. We don't need these third parties. But I know a lot of third parties were, you know, converting the cryptocurrency payments that we were making and feeling good about and kind of excluding the financial system. And then on the other end of it, uh, they were getting, you know, USD, it would auto convert or they would convert it. Uh, One of these third parties would convert it. Uh, And I think we're kind of taking that third party slowly out of the equation, which is, I think what the aim was the entire time. Um, So we kind of did a high level overview on DeFi, kind of talked about where it could potentially be heading, who it could help. Uh, I do want to touch on your project a little bit. 
Uh, but before we get into it again, do you want to talk about this funding that you were talking about? Because I've been trying to get someone on to talk about funding in this industry for a while. And uh, it just hasn't happened yet. And it got brought up in this conversation. So I kind of want to touch on it. Uh, can you kind of tell us about that process and how the funding process for a crypto company kind of goes? Yeah, you know, it's you'd think that these V like the magical VC is always there to help you and there to make intros and see how I can be helpful. Like the big <laughs> meme, how can I be helpful? Um, and I got to say, it's just not really the case. A lot of these people are incredibly self-interested, just driven by profit. And um, so if you're giving them good deal terms and you have a good project and there's a good deal for them, the, the reach out is easy. I think you know, to be able to land deals, you need a story that sells itself. You need to be confident. You need to have a good pitch. And then you just need to do the legwork, get out there, throw out a thousand emails. And if you actually have something of value, you, you know, you're going to get replies if, you're, if your proposal is strong. So we, we did like a pretty soft reach out. Like we weren't actively fundraising at all, but we got, you know, approached by a VC firm and they just said, hey, listen, we'd love to invest X amount of dollars into your company for this amount of tokens at this discount. And, um, that, that was, that was really it. And so then we ended up declining just because we didn't, you know, we were concerned about the token price, um, and wanted to keep that economy stable. So to kind of close it up, like VCs, they're just as interested. I would, I would put VCs that I've interacted with so far, pretty close to the same ballpark as these biz guys. Like they're, they're all just looking for a quick flip too. I'm like, Hey, you guys interested in equity? They're like, no, we want tokens. We want tokens. I'm like that. Nah, so you can sell them right away. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You know, if they can get them at a, a discount, sell off most of them, make a return of some sorts. I mean, that's kind of the, the VC game right there. Um, and a lot of mm. money is being thrown around, but you're, you're saying that, you know, you were approached by these guys, but, other than that, it's mostly cold emails, going to these networking events, kind of pitching your project. Is there anything more to it than that? You know, I'll be transparent in saying that I'm not the best guy to kind of preach about the best way to do it because I haven't actively done it. I was just very passive. Um, we weren't really looking for funding. The funding just kind of found us. There we go. So, yeah. So um, from what I've heard from colleagues that have gone through this experience is, is what I express is just putting in the work making connections obviously cold emails are going to be a far lower percentage conversion yeah. than what you said is going to events meeting people shaking hands making connections spending a day two days a week with like a, a, a select group of four people who are like i like these guys i want to get to know them because i want them involved in my project at the end of the day some of these guys especially if they're investing in equity or particularly if they're investing in equity you want them on your team. You want to jive with them. You want to make sure that you're, uh, you know, you're aligned with their visions and values as well. Otherwise, you're going to have a really tough time um, rolling forward in the future. So I think that's, if I had any advice, it's be very cautious about who you're taking money from because the money um, or the, the, the person who brings the money may cause more issues than the money solves, if that makes any sense. 100% does. Uh, and then this kind of is what led these guys approaching you, this contract that you were trying to get set up kind of led you to creating trust swap. So can we maybe talk about it a little bit more? You briefly mentioned it at the beginning of the episode. Uh, you said you had some big stuff kind of coming out or rolling out and that you're working mm -hmm. on now. So can we maybe just go over that briefly? Um, 
kind of give my audience an idea of where you guys are at? Totally. Yeah. So we have like, we have five phases that we're rolling out with. So I'll just talk about phase one because that's robust enough. Um, but phase one is just focused on trustless payments or smart swaps. So it's these kind of smart contracts that I was mentioning, like escrow, where, you know, one party can enter a certain amount of funds, the other party can enter a certain amount of funds. And then rather like on air swap, where it's just like, okay, and switch, you can say, okay, I want to switch it at this rate, at this percentage. And so you can really customize so it can work with with uh, obviously escrow is a massive thing for venture capital funds who are moving $10 million, $100 million in these deals. Um, and you know, they don't want to pay five, 10% fees. So that's one application. Um, but another one, Ivan on tech was actually just talking about it today on his uh, stream. He's like, someone asked him, they're like, how can I pay for the Ivan on tech Academy? I watched this today and I actually wanted to ask yeah, you yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. Please, please say what you're about to say, but I didn't want to ask you about this. For sure. Yeah. So essentially he said, you can only pay annual because if you pay monthly, then we have to bug you every month. Uh, I'm because there's no right way now. to <laughs> with my Amazon right. thing. Yeah. With my Amazon discord. This is, this is uh, for here. Please explain to my audience who maybe didn't see this today. Sorry. Keep cutting you off. Yeah, excited. no, for sure, man. <laughs> I'm excited about it too. Cause he, he put it so eloquently as, as I've been going through trust swap and like more people have been like, just like presenting the possibilities of the contracts. Cause it's, anyways, I'll get, I'll cut to the chase. What trust swap allows you to do is to set up monthly recurring payments. So right now in the subscription service, you cannot set up recurring payments using cryptocurrency. It's only a one-time payment at the time of execution. There's no service in the world that offers you to say, Hey, listen, I want people to pay me this amount at this interval and no, and then people can't like, so now we're allowing people to just plug that capital in. They can withdraw it if they're like, okay, after six months, I'm done. So it's totally flexible. There's going to be no chargebacks. So the merchant is happy because they don't have to deal with that BS. Um, it's just a really, really smooth system on that side of things. So I actually have a couple more questions on this. If my audience doesn't know, I run an Amazon Discord. We charge a monthly fee. And this is one of the things that we kept telling members we can't do it. We can't take Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency because then, like you were saying, we have to bug you every month and it's more of a pain in the ass than it's really worth uh, for these small monthly or you know quarterly or annually subscription, annual subscriptions. Uh, it's just more of a headache and you have to kind of lean to those longer term ones like the annual and people are putting a lot more money up front and it's kind of a hassle. Uh, so with this service, is this something that somebody could get set up today or is this something that you're still working on? Yeah. So the idea for TrustSwap, hilariously enough, started 20 days ago. So we've moved very quickly. Um, our mainnet will, we're going to be done the code. Uh, today's July 15th. We'll be done by August 1st. Then we're going to be going through audits. So hopefully by mid-August, we'll have everything fully live and people can and just plug into this service. Nice, easy to use UI and uh, set your parameters and just pop it onto your website with an API. Easy does it. There we go. I think I just caught the quick view of somebody in the background sneaking in uh, to print. It was, that was my girlfriend. It was yeah. very quick. Um, so I got a little bit distracted there. I apologize. Um, I no worries, just, man. I was just laughing at that. But um, so really, like, can you talk about how easy this is going to be to use? Because I want to get this set up for my subscription service. I'm sure a lot of people are waiting to pull the trigger on something like this as well. Like a lot of this DeFi stuff, it's, it's, I wouldn't say very complex, but it is more complex than I think most people would like it to be. 
So one more time, can you just give us kind of, from my perspective, say I wanted to get this set up and I wanted to tell somebody, yeah. hey, we charge $50 a month. You can do recurring payments through Bitcoin, but you have to do this. Like, please, just one more time. Yeah, so the on the client side, the doing this would just be put the money in there. So let's say if it's a $10 monthly subscription, let's say to make it easy, put in 120 bucks if you want to sign up for a year. And then after month five, if you've had enough, just go into the contract and say, okay, that's it. Take out the remainder of the money. You've got paid your 50 bucks. They take out their, their rest. Easy does it. It's all like, it's not none of this like crazy blockchain tech UI. Yeah. Well, it's just to have everything sync through MetaMask, like super simple. And then in terms of implementing it on your side, like again, easy does it. All it's going to be is we can either, you can use it on our website or our servers where you can just like customize the parameters and then, you know, create a little URL for yourself that you can then send to your clients, or you could just throw the API onto your own website. So it's literally embedded with just a little bit of HTML code. And you're like, Hey, boom, here it is right on my WordPress website. Like just make the payment. There we go. Uh, and is there any kind of fee that you guys will be charging for this? And then what coins will you be able to use with this service? So to start off, uh, it'll be Ethereum or any ERC-20 based token that you can use for the service. Um, the fees vary based on the services and the amounts that you're, you're going to be putting in. Um, but the kind of a big utility for the swap token is as a discount. So if you use swap, you're going to get 50% off that fee. So again, it depends on the, the parameters of the contract, like if it's escrow, if it's the payments, how much of the payment is going in. So we'll have some documentation on the website. You guys can check that out or in the white paper, sorry. Um, but yeah, l let's put it this way. It's not going to be that expensive yeah. and it'll be a no brainer for people to use. See, see, that was my, my biggest concern with a lot of these services is, you know, we're trying to compete with people like PayPal that are charging 2.99% plus some small fee. Uh, and some of the guys that are out there right now who kind of do sort of crypto payment integration, they charge a pretty hefty fee somewhere similar to that. Um, so I'm just was trying to get kind of a gauge for, you know, will it compete? Will it be the much more obvious kind of um, solution or, you know, way to go? I if you're doing say. a, sub yeah, if, if you're doing a subscription model, it's going to be at least, uh, what, how many percent? 70 percent less than uh, 2.9 percent. OK, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, OK, much, much cheaper. I uh, can't give any specific examples just because there's probably more than uh, oh. you can talk about here. Um, so that was kind of a brief overview and I appreciate that you've kept it somewhat brief. Uh, I don't like to get into the shill mode with my audience too much. So thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. One podcast sure. host to another. I'm sure you understand. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I generally like to wrap up with two questions I ask every single guest. And the first one is, you know, what are you most excited for in the coming 12 months? I'm assuming kind of trust swap, getting everything hashed out, going live, getting these smart contracts set up. Is there anything else that you're kind of looking forward to? Oh, hold on. You cut out for a second there. Am I still coming through? You, yeah, you're, you're coming through. You're a little bit choppy, but uh, I think ah, we're good. Shit. Can you hear me? Uh, hold on one sec, man. My yeah. I think my internet connection just went a little unstable. Give me two seconds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. We're clear now. Yeah. I mean, it's coming through now. I, I, it's usually okay. very spotty. I, 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 
Um, yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So I caught the tail end of the question, so I'll just jump right into it. Cool. Um, yeah. So I've been really enjoying like working on TrustSwap, of course, and Uptrend. Um, in the crypto space at large, I think I'm just I'm excited to see the time progress and things mature. I think the biggest thing that I'm excited for is UI to get better for the way that these apps and DApps interface with the moms and the pops to make it really easy for them to utilize. That's what I'm excited for. And as I mentioned before, decentralized exchanges taking a really big movement forward. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, 100%. I feel like when DEXs first got introduced, it was still like a semi-centralized exchange. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, they can geo-fence, you know, specific users. That's not really a full DEX. Uh, and they've come a long way since then. And I think that as time goes on, they're just going to continue to kind of push the bounds and limits uh, and continue to improve. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And then with regards to the last question, uh, I usually like to ask for some sort of biggest tip. And so I wanted to ask, you know, about, I would say DeFi in general, you know, if people wanted to get more involved and learn more about it, what's your biggest tip for those guys? And then I do want to end because, you know, I do like you guys to talk about your projects, uh, kind of your biggest selling point uh, for each one of your projects, your podcast, Uptrend, and then TrustSwap as well. Cool. Yeah, I think to if, if you're looking to learn more about DeFi, my, my man, Alex Saunders, Nuggets News, he's a wealth of information, as is uh, Chris, Chris Bleck on YouTube. Just follow those guys on Twitter. Check out their videos. They're fantastic. And just sit down, enjoy it as passive learning. It's it's great. Alex, even if it's not DeFi, the guy's just a brilliant mind. So definitely suggest checking Alex out. Very smart dude. I actually had him on a while back, had a wonderful conversation about with him uh, about kind of building out his YouTube, gotten to a bunch of stuff actually. Uh, I can highly recommend him to anyone who's listening as well. He's been in this industry for a very long time, has covered it for a very long time. Uh, it's a wide variety of knowledge. It's not just crypto markets. I focus on wider financial markets as well. So big, uh, big backing from me there. Nice. Yeah. And then um, for the project side, again, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. So it's not just a big monologue <laughs> um, for, for, for a trust swap. Yeah, man. Yeah. Trust swap. We're just building an entire DeFi ecosystem. So, you know, all we talked about so far were payments and just these like two small payment types, subscriptions and escrow. But we have about, there's like 10 different payment types and utilizations for payments. And that's all happening in phase one. And so we have, again, five phases, like phase two is wrapping tokens. So you'll be able to use NEO tokens. You're able to use Stellar tokens, not only with TrustSwap, but you'll be able to wrap them and integrate them with decentralized Ethereum exchanges and beyond. Um, we and So just check out the website. We got it all on our roadmap. I won't chill too hard. It's gonna be a full DeFi ecosystem. That's what TrustSwap is. Fully phase five is like a DAO um, where when people are staking or transactions are happening on the network, sorry, um, the fees go into the DAO so you can submit worker proposals, build out the ecosystem. We're building this thing for scalability. I'll end it at that. Just check out the website, trustwap.org um, for Uptrend. Hey, try out all the social media websites. That's that's what I think. I yeah. think try them all out. Come I love on that. Uptrend. See which yeah like see which one you like you know uptrend might not be your flavor it's i like it um i also like mines i also like hive i think hive is a little anyways i won't go into that but try them out i think you'll like it um it's social media that puts people first tries to empower you to be able to earn an income off doing what you love i think that's a cool story to share and um, so if anyone's keen on that 
hop on. And then for the podcast, I mean, hey, listen in. Bitcoin and crypto podcast, Spotify, whatever. Um, talk with cool people. It's kind of very similar to this show. I think you're a little more laid back than I am, which is, <laughs> Try to which be. is cool. Yeah, I love it, man. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's me. I really appreciate you taking the time to have me on, dude. Yeah, man. It was wonderful. Thank you for kind of wrapping those up and keeping them pretty brief. Uh, we're going to have a link to your Twitter in the description. We're going to have a link to the websites for each of those. If you're interested in any of them, guys, I highly suggest checking them out. Uh, and Jeff, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I really appreciate you taking the time and on such short notice. Right on. Yeah, that was, that was a good impromptu one. Love it. Appreciate it, Charles.